Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, they found the telephone and electricity murder. You never really know who the people you should fear are who the men and women are that need to be kept away from your kids. You hope you have an instinct, a gut reaction that tells you to remove yourself and others from the person's path. But this isn't always the case. On July 2nd, 2005, a sexual deviant was finally arrested after spending years offending and spending years in the presence of unsuspecting children. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Joseph Duncan III, born on February 25, 1963, was a deviant from the beginning. He committed his first recorded sex crime in 1978 in Tacoma, Washington, when he was just 15 years old and raped a nine-year-old boy at gunpoint. He was arrested again that next year for stealing a car and basically from then on spent his life in and out of juvenile institutes and then prison. It was at one of these institutes that he spoke to a therapist and claimed he had raped at least 13 boys by the time he was 16. Just a few years after his initial arrest, he abducted a 14-year-old boy and sodomized him at gunpoint as well. For this, he was sentenced to 20 years in prison, but was released in 1994 after just 14. 
He managed to stay out of prison for two years before getting arrested on a marijuana charge and given a short sentence and paroled. By 2005, Joseph found himself in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, where he molested two boys at a playground. He was brought before a judge on April 5, 2005, and given a bail of $15,000, which was paid by a businessman who Joseph had befriended. He promptly skipped bail and disappeared. By May 16, 2005, not only was a dangerous predator in the wind, but police in Lake Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, were about to make a gruesome discovery. The bodies of Brenda Growing, 40, her boyfriend Mark McKenzie, 37, and her son Slade, 13, were found in their home. All three had been bound and beaten to death. And, as if their deaths weren't bad enough, nine-year-old Dylan and eight-year-old Shasta were missing. An Amber Alert was issued, and the searchers began combing the area looking for the missing children, hoping they wouldn't find their bodies. As their names and faces flashed on every TV station and in the papers, the city worked tirelessly to find the children. Seven weeks passed with no news when the waitress, manager, and two customers at a local Denny's noticed that a girl eating in the restaurant on July 2nd, 2004, looked exactly like Shasta Growing. Each called the police and began surreptitiously positioning themselves near the doors to prevent the man who was dining with her from leaving. Police arrived and arrested Joseph Duncan, while Shasta was taken to receive medical treatment and to be reunited with her father. Once police identified their kidnapper and saw his lengthy criminal record and outstanding federal warrant, he was charged and placed in prison. Realizing Shasta was alone, police put out a public plea for any information and sighting of Joseph's red Jeep in hopes to find Dylan, though they held out little hope that the boy was still alive. A gas station employee in Kellogg recognized the car and called police. It had stopped at her station just hours before his arrest, and she had suspected the girl was Shasta, but did not say anything because the girl didn't seem to be distressed. When police were finally able to speak with Shasta, she gave a chilling story of what happened to both her and her family. According to Shasta, her mother called her into the living room on that day and found Joseph Duncan standing there with gloves and holding a gun. She watched on as, one by one, each family member was bound with nylon zip ties. When he was done, Joseph took both Shasta and her brother Dylan and placed them in his car and went back inside. The next thing she heard was screaming. The siblings were then taken to another location and repeatedly molested and tortured for the next six weeks. She then went on to tell investigators the news that they were expecting that Dylan had been shot to death in what Joseph was insisting was an accident. That he was digging through a box looking for a beer when the shotgun went off and hit Dylan in the stomach. That Shasta ran to the other side of the Jeep to see her brother writhing on the ground. Joseph then held the gun out to Dylan's head and, despite Shasta's pleas, ended his suffering. Immediately after killing her brother, Joseph dissolved into tears and tried to make Shasta understand why he did it almost asking her to comfort him. Days later, Joseph asked Shasta if she wanted to be strangled to death or shot with a gun. But while strangled with a rope, he abruptly stopped and asked if she wanted to meet his mother. That's when they drove back to Idaho and ended up in that Denny's. 
On July 4, 2004, the remains of Dylan Growing were found in a remote makeshift campsite in the Lolo National Forest in Montana. Joseph Duncan's arrest had the FBI looking into all of their unsolved missing children's cases and found that he could be connected to several crimes that occurred between 1994 and 1997 while he was on parole and between 2000 and 2005 when he was free. With these connections and the help of a keen-eyed blogger in 2005, Joseph Duncan was connected to the disappearance of a 10-year-old boy named Anthony Martinez. Anthony went missing on April 4, 1997, after he was asked to leave his Beaumont, California front yard with an unknown man to help him find his missing cat. When he refused, the man threatened him with a knife and pulled him away. After two weeks of searching, the nude body of Anthony Martinez was found, and on it were fingerprints that were now being matched to Joseph Duncan. Similarly, Joseph was connected to the murders of 11-year-old Sammy Jo White and her 9-year-old sister, Carbon Kubius, who vanished on July 6, 1996, after leaving a Seattle motel. Their bodies were found on February 10, 1998, in Bothell, Washington. In the end, Joseph Duncan was only charged with the murders of those in Idaho, kidnapping, and the murder of Anthony Martinez. For the crimes in Idaho, he received three death sentences and three life sentences, and for California, two life sentences. Shasta Growing went on to have a troubled life, complete with run-ins with the law and prison sentences. Though considering what she went through, it's hard to blame her. In 2016, at just 19, she started a petition called Slade and Dylan's Law, with the hopes that convicted sex offenders, like Joseph Duncan, should never be let out of jail, effectively reducing the three-strike law to one strike. At its close, the petition had close to 52,000 signatures. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on July 3rd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, Easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.